0: Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben, baby.
1: I have a sneaking suspicion you just peeked the crap out of that mic, but maybe not.
0: I'm here. I'm excited. Welcome to Mastermind. I'm your host, Kyle <laughs> Custer, and this is my host, Ben Bateman. Just yes. in case that peaked need to use that one instead. Excellent. I'm here, too, guys. I'm excited. We're back. we're back.
1: Yeah, it was a long week. We were in Dallas. We had an exciting week at Toy Fair. Uh, Dallas lot Toy of, Preview. Yeah, Toy Preview. Yeah. A lot of fun stuff happened. We ate a lot of meals in the cafeteria in their bistro. This guy became a bistro boy. That's <laughs> a
0: weird inside joke. That none of you are going to understand, because I went to get food, and it took longer.
1: Yeah, and then on the last day, Alex and I ate at the bistro, so technically
0: I'm also a bistro boy. This we can move a weird, on to this story. This is, this is not something that we should share with <laughs> the world. Uh, so today we're doing our set review. So last week, uh, we released the first half video of the set review. We went through the first X cards that included stuff like uh, Assassin's Trophy... And the King of Autumn, or Knight of Autumn, never going to say it <laughs> right. King
1: of the Autumn. <laughs>
0: uh, and obviously a lot of good cards. There's some spicier boys on this side. What's cool is that we just got past the first weekend of this set being legal, so we're starting to actually see cards. what cards are seeing play in Modern already, what cards are maybe not getting there, uh, what cards might get there, but we haven't seen it yet, as well as cards seeing play in Standard, which is a little bit of a hint of what cards are at least playable that we maybe, maybe would have been cold on or hot on uh, regard- either way. Um, yeah. Yeah, so
1: there's a lot to talk about. Uh, that will be today's episode. We should be going through the final. Yeah, probably twenty or thirty cards. We did.
0: We we did release. We did record this already at one point, and it we lost that. So there's going to be a few moments that we talk about like retroactively what we said the first time. Um, the one sad thing is I think I shot called some cards being good, and now they're good. But now it's did. not shot calling because they're being good. He didn't shot call. Uh, I always shot call. That's yeah. my main thing. Finger gun, shot calling, dancing like a robot thing when I'm explaining concepts. Yeah. Those are my main moves. <laughs> Saying words incorrectly.
1: Yeah. It's strong, strong moves. So, yes, guys, we're here. That's the Masters of Modern Podcast. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, guys, if you want to follow along with us, you can find the podcast on Twitter at the MMCast. You can find me personally at Ben Bateman Media.
0: Uh, we are live-streaming this. I'm at Cass Wiley on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere else. But we are live-streaming this, so you should go to YouTube, subscribe to us. We launched a YouTube channel. Uh, there are video versions of this released every week. We stream earlier in the week, and then we release a video version that's a little bit more clean and edited at the late, at the, the back end of the week. So Jeff and people on the, the chat, thank you guys for watching right now live. Uh, and subscribe, leave comments, do all those good things, share the video to the yeah, world. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, as Alex mentioned, the biggest piece of help you can give us is to help grow this YouTube channel because it's, uh, it's our big forward movement that we're, uh, that we're doing. So, so yeah, you uh, used, used to live streaming. I wanted to comment on that and make fun of you, but you moved on so quickly. Now I'm, now I'm See, that's, going back. That's
0: the key to the Alex Kessel lifestyle <laughs> is you make mistakes, but if you go really quick past that mistake, no one can catch up.
1: Mm. <laughs> so first card?
0: Yes. Health first card. collector.
1: Oh yeah, Pelt Collector. It's uh, like a weird Experiment 1 clone.
0: Yeah, it's a it's better than Experiment 1, but it, it is close. It's 1 green uh, for a 1-1 one, one elf warrior. Uh, it Whenever another creature you control enters the battlefield or dies, if that creature's power is greater than Pelt Collector's, put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on Pelt Collector. As long as Pelt Collector has 3 or more plus 1 plus 1 counters, it has Trample. So you lose the ability to regenerate it, but uh, what you gain is just this guy gets much bigger quicker because it it's on enter and death triggers, so you can do something like, and, and there's a Zoo deck currently playing it that uses Vexing Devil alongside um, that allows you to kind of get both sides. Either you get a 3-3 three, three off of a Vexing Devil, or, and they take damage, or you get a Vexing Devil and a 2-2 two, two, So for one. So Pell Collector kind of puts them in a worst decision process. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and I do believe actually Trample is probably just better than regeneration off of, of experiment one because of the fact that like this is a one drop so even if they remove it you're one for wanting them and you're equal on mana versus now like you're going to get in because trample is so good against anything that blocks it
1: is that deck playing claim fame
0: uh we and michael were talking about it. i don't believe that because it's a zoo deck so it's playing white i think there is a version of it that could play claim fame that sounds really yeah, good it
1: should i mean because like if you figure the trample works really, really, really well with the plus two plus o, oh. um, right? So you get both halves really well, and like the whole idea of getting your vexing devil trigger on both ends, getting it back for one because you're getting both triggers. That sounds very powerful.
0: And I always liked it. I always liked the fame part of it in zoo or, zoo decks. That like late game, you're going to be drawing these one ones. Like Pell Collector as a late game draw is not that good, but if you have that in your graveyard, worst case scenario, you're like. Uh, uh, Lightning elementaling them, where you just get like a three one for one.
1: I mean, t- like vexing devil with claim fame is just powerful. Like, right. It just means that late in the game, for one black, you're gonna they're gonna either take four damage or they're gonna have to deal with a hasted six three. Right. Like, it's pretty hard. So. And then like
0: you get weird like other cards in jund. You get that ooze, the one drop ooze that like gets plus one plus one for if you control a swamp and plus one plus one. If you oh, control oh yeah, a four. blood Hollow's, that I love. Yeah, yeah. That card. Yeah, Didn't I, I build like a Blood Hollow's deck at one point? Yes, you did. That's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah. Well, it was like when Second. Jund lost Blood Braid Elf, it was one of the cards that people were playing in there as well because they were like trying to make it more aggressive. So there's been aggressive Jund decks playing Blood Hollows for a while.
1: What was how did I build the Blood Hall Oos deck? Oh, oh, oh. I put Blood Hollows in a deck with Winding Constrictor. So because it's both black and green and it doubles the counters. Yeah. So yeah, that that was sweet. That was super sweet.
0: <laughs> and Winding Constrictor is really good with Pell Collector. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Next card uh mission briefing so Mm. mission briefing is obviously one that everyone's been talking about uh it's blue blue instant surveil two. then choose an instant or sorcery card in your graveyard you may cast that card this turn if that card would be put into your graveyard this turn exile it instead uh to surveil two, look at the top everyone knows how to surveil um so this card's really interesting now after weekend one it was one of the big like misses in the standard tournaments it wasn't seeing a lot of play this weekend so that's you know a thing to pay attention to but uh I think that something that I missed until I started playing with this card on Arena recently is it can target itself. So for decks like that you're trying to get spells off or you just want to get more surveil off of it, you can kind of chain them into themselves, which is really powerful. Um, And then on top of that, I think just there is value to this card being an instant that you can surveil off of. I, I think there's more value to this card than it necessarily is getting credit for, but I do think it's much worse than the world thought it was.
1: Well, okay. So like, I think there's two sides to this card. One of them is that surveil as a keyword ability is still being properly evaluated and actually coming up at the end of the episode alex and i are going to rank the five uh, guild mechanics from this set we're going to talk about our favorites but i do think that surveil is an interesting one uh because your ability to kind of like semi scribe but also semi dredge at the same time as usually a marginal effect where you're getting something else at the same time is kind of way better than i I think it seems on surface value
0: oh yeah i mean uh, i did a poll earlier last week i believe where i asked how much surveil is worth of a card and people were having a lot of trouble really evaluating that because surveil one if you mill any like a lingering souls is worth a card but like so what what attachment does it worry would be like would be worth playing like a one mana surveil three is that is that surveil three worth a single card to play off of it and like it's hard to evaluate. I do think Surveil 2 plus effect is definitely worth the effort. So th- this
1: card to me feels like it's somewhere between a Snapcaster Mage and a Twin Cast. That's like where the power level fits. It's like not That's as a good. That's
0: very wide.
1: Well, but okay, so what I mean by that is traditionally every one of us that has ever played a spell deck has looked at a Twin Cast or Reverberate and been like, okay, like Fork was good in its day. There's was something it? good you can do with this. Like there is. Like there are things. It's instant speed. It's yeah, yeah. two mana. There are cool things. Obviously, Snapcaster Mage is way better. This is just—it's not quite one; it's not quite the other. Like you still need to have something good in your graveyard and the mana for this to be good. But this helps for the body.
0: Like something that Snapcaster Mage doesn't do is like this on turn three. If you haven't cast a spell yet, does help you find that second spell and being able to play this late game like, on turn two just to, like, filter cards and make sure your draw on turn three is better. Something, like, like for instance, I think this is really good in decks that are playing Terminus because you can, at the end of your opponent's turn, set a Terminus, basically, on top of your deck so that you can draw it on your next turn. Like, using it as just a scry two at instant speed as a worst-case scenario mode isn't, like... The best, but I've played a lot of cards badly. Like I've like so, yeah, using surveil as
1: a miracle setup at instant speed. That this card is interesting for that. I agree. Uh, it's it's just all it is is like the moments that it's great, it's going to be great, and the moments mm-hmm. that it's bad, it's going to be like, why am I playing this card? Sure. Uh, whereas like Snapcaster Mage is always reasonable because even just a flash two on on turn two in most decks is like you can do something with.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm um, looking at the chat, seeing if there's anything else. Yeah, cool. Uh, The other thing, like you know, you've been and there's going to be other cards we talk about in this set. You've been messing around with a life from the loam kind of yourself spells deck. I do also think this is good in that type of deck where you're getting the advantage of like it's a spell, so it triggers spells. It gets other spells into your graveyard. It can cast some of those spells in your graveyard or or like some of your low impact spells that you were playing, like ways you were discarding cards. And and so I think there's there's value there as well. Agreed. Cool. Next, Thousand Year Storm. Four blue-red enchantment. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, copy it for each other instant and sorcery spell you've cast before it. This turn, you may choose new targets for the copies.
1: This was my pre-release spoil. Oh, Alex and I played the pre-release together. That was fun. We yeah. haven't,
0: like... I don't
1: think I can count... I, I, I'm sorry. I think I can count on one hand the number of times that you and I have been in a public setting playing Magic together in the last 12 months. I think we have played oh, separately sure. so many times. Yeah. Or never at the same events. Yeah, yeah. Because you're like never in the country when I'm at an event.
0: <laughs> right. Oh, I mean, uh, I can count on one hand the number of pre-releases I've done in the United States on one hand in the yeah. last two years.
1: Yeah, it's been brutal. So but so anyway, I opened this card at the pre-release. Uh, you had a way, way better pre-release foil, if I remember correctly. Uh, it was Amara.
0: Yeah. Not Tandris. It's whatever S- her name better. is. Significantly better.
1: And I almost convinced myself to play this card because I was playing an it deck. But it just didn't seem reasonable.
0: I think this card's dope. I think in limited I would like in in if I had this in my pool I would have slam played it just because it's like dumb and that's the point of a pre release is the play cards like this. Uh, I think that in modern, you know, I'm I've I've been on a banned grape shot train for a long time now. Not because I think it's like dominating the format in any way, but I think that. It play forces Storm or puts Storm in a position of playing on a level that makes it uninteractive for any player that's not playing black or green blue. And you know, it has other storm wind conditions out there. And the more storm wind conditions that are created, the better, because of that reason. Um, like there are cards I think that could be unbanned if it was Grape Shot was unba- it was banned, specifically preordained. Um, so giving another wind condition to Storm, now I don't think this is as good as say necessarily Empty the Warrens or Aether Flux Reservoir or even Dragon Storm. One of the reasons I like all those is that all those are interacted with cards that aren't just you know blue is the only card the color that can interact with things on the stack really and so giving red the ability to destroy an artifact or any board wipe to be able to destroy empty the warrens I think is better for storm this doesn't really do that though
1: I wish that that uh, conspiracy not conspiracy um, battle bond reverse aetherflux reservoir you know what I'm talking about yeah, yeah yeah I wish that thing existed we could play it yeah yeah agreed uh, uh, yeah this card is fine it's just like what this reminds me of a little bit is hive pack decks. You get up to six, and then you have a spell, uh, right? To like win, and generally speaking, those hive pack decks want two spells.
0: So and I think I think hive, pa- like hive mind, is just a better card than this. Right, like, like hive
1: mind, just you don't need like the right combination of spells. You just like need one of your twelve packs that you're right. playing in the deck, and then you probably just win. So, uh, yeah, but that's like very similar to what this feels like.
0: Right, 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 right. Uh, boop. Next is Venerated Loxodon. Uh, convoke four and a white uh, elephant cleric, four four. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, all creatures that uh, were used to convoke it into play get a plus one plus one counter. Um, two things on this: one, it's seeing play. It, like right now, the the big front, the two big front runners from standard are white green tokens and. Uh, Mono red, <laughs> sorry. Yep. Uh, and this is a key part of that deck: the fact that it can make all those one-one white life link standard tokens get bigger when you play it. In modern, this is a card that 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 gameplay isn't something that's been unheard of. Like playing this in a deck that then gives all your th- one ones a pump, and then you have this for almost a you know a free spell. Convoke is something to always pay attention to uh, once it's seen playing standard, because those cards have often translated to being played in modern.
1: Yeah, I think this card's sweet. I mean, this plays well with like a bunch of modern cards. Uh, specifically, lingering souls is the is the best one that comes to mind for me. I
0: really like it with kitchen Finks because you can yeah, you can yeah. like reset remove the a minus. Counter. Yeah, reset the counter with it. With a Kitchen Finks, like that's the type of deck I think can also be seeing play, and that's ar- that deck that is already built to take advantage of Convoke, and like you can make your birds one twos yeah. instead of one one. Like you, like the fact that it can pump different creatures you have in those type of decks is really interesting. Now yeah,
1: it's, it's also a five five or uh, sorry, a five uh, oh. a five mana, which means that push doesn't kill it. Correct.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. There's, like, weird things that it dodges in cool ways. I, I think it's something that, that could see play.
1: It is dope, the idea of your, your four spirit tokens from Lingering Souls all becoming 2-2 two, two yeah. flyers to cast this thing. Yeah. That sounds, like, yeah, kind of yeah. bonkers, right?
0: Uh, goblin Banneret. This is one red for a goblin soldier. Uh, it's a 1-1. One, one. It has Mentor, and when it, uh, you can play two... You can pay a red and a colorless to give it plus 2, plus 2 until on of turn, which allows it to then mentor things. Plus 2, plus X. 2, oh. plus 2, plus 0, oh. sorry. Plus 2, plus, oh, okay. plus, two, plus uh, 2 would not
1: be a red ability.
0: Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think that it's... Uh, Another one-drop goblin that's relevant, like, it has abilities. You know, there, it is powerful in different ways. The one-drop, one-one red creature that has upside is now becoming kind of a staple of magic, and does this compare to other yeah. ones is going to be interesting. But the fact that it's good late game, you know, always something to pay attention to, and it's decent early game is, you know, it's good. I don't think it's quite there, but goblins is slowly getting enough pieces. The fact that it's a goblin makes it just that much more relevant. Cause it's funny
1: that... It's funny that um that Bowman Courier was printed, and we were all like, "Oh yeah, the card's like, the card's pretty good." And then, <laughs> now you look at the card, and you're like, it's one of the most busted, ridiculous one drops ever." And it's like, it, like it's like now setting the standard that like that's just okay. You can just print really, really, really high upside
0: one ones for one. Yeah, yeah, that card's nuts. I mean, it's fine. I don't know if it's like, I think you're giving more Courier credit. Bowman Courier is
1: like really good, and I think that card. Uh, I think the further we get from it being printed, the more people are realizing how good it is, Michael. Scale of one to ten, how good is Bomac career? All time.
0: He's listening to the audio delayed, so he's not going to hear. Oh, uh, he's
1: not going to hear me for a second. Bomac career, how good? Scale of one to ten, all time one drops. Uh, all time one drops. Uh, he ran a magic store for many years. <laughs> We're waiting. He knows all of magic.
0: I feel like it's fine. It's just fine.
1: Yeah, right, exactly. That's two points above average. That's really good. Yeah, yeah but like... There's uh, a lot of one drops in modern. I mean, especially I, in red decks. Because you're only playing in a red deck. You got, like, Goblin I, Guide and...
0: Like, on the... Like, the monastery Swift Spear. If you took a test and you got a seven, you wouldn't be happy. <laughs> okay. We now talk- we're now talking to somebody
1: off mic who's not agreeing with me totally. Let's move on. All right.
0: <laughs> you tried you tried bribing the audience. Uh unmoored ego, one blue black sorcery, choose a card, name search your opponent's library, graveyard, hand and library for up to four cards with that name and exile them. That player shuffles their library, then draw a card, then they draw a card for each card exiled this way from their hand. It's
1: like a weird lobotomy effect. It's cheaper. I mean, they've been they've been leaning into these Specific three mana lobotomies now for a little while. Who was the
0: last three mana lobotomy? The
1: black one from.
0: Uh, that was four mana.
1: No, no, no. It was black, black one for a creature. Dad. I think.
0: What dad? You're thinking of dad? The the Kieran's dad's memorial or whatever?
1: No, no. It was from they, they It was their it was their preview card on a top level podcast. It was black, black one. It was like a couple years ago.
0: Um, if you keep talking, I'll find out what it okay. is. Okay, I I do actually think this is the what? best.
1: What lost legacy? Uh, I don't
0: know. That's the that's the dad card, that has a picture of K- Kieran on it.
1: He said lost legacy. Uh, Alex is going to explain this card, yeah, and so, I'm going to find out. So I, I, I,
0: I do think this is the best one printed in a long time. I think being three mana is really good, and it gets kind of everything you need to. Um, I think the 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 conversation between this and Slaughter Games is the real ones to be having. I, obviously. Uh, Surgical Extraction is the best version of this, but that has specific needs, and this helps in matchups that that isn't good against. So, for instance, Tron. <laughs> uh, and so Unmoored Ego being blue-black, though, is its big negative. Like, the there are significantly less blue-black decks in modern seeing play than there are red-black ones, and historically and currently.
1: Infinite Obliteration is the card. It's actually from Origins. It's longer ago than I realized, but... Uh, yeah,
0: that's okay.
1: Yeah, but it's black, black one, and it's search for a creature card. So I'm just saying. Now, in the last few years, these effects used to only cost four. So <laughs> back in the old days, like in the Urza's Actual days,
0: Pate. or no, extra pays one drop. Yeah, 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 that's,
1: yeah, that's like Planar Chaos. But like in the old days, lobotomy is the original. Sure, and you had all the ones from that's the Gesture's Cap. The original, Uh, the original,
0: I think it is. Four, sack for three. Yeah, and do this.
1: Because you have like, you have all the ones from the Urza sets, like Quash and -and Sewing Salt and and Scour. Uh, And so like that whole cycle was all four drops. So then over the years, they've pushed it. Extirpate was interesting. Surgical was interesting. And now it seems like they're finding ways to just make them cost three.
0: Yeah, and I think I think this and surgical I think surgical extraction, this and slaughter games are the three best ones in modern and the ones that you should be playing and there's different regions of play each of them. If you're in blue black, this is probably better than slaughter games. What? I think being counterable is less important than getting out a turn earlier because that's when people are comboing off. I think that the but the the fact that it's blue black is the negative compared to red black.
1: One of the interesting things about this card is that you can name a basic land. Um, it's one of the only cards ever in history that has allowed you to name a basic land.
0: Right, because you can get up to four of that card. And it can draw four cards. I don't know if that's super relevant in modern, though. How many many um, decks need basic lands?
1: Not that many, but here's what's interesting about it. So this particular effect, getting four of the same basic land, is probably not relevant. But if you start to think about the sheer number of cards that your opponent wants to search for a basic land with, so Ghost Quarter, Field of Ruin, Path to Exile, Assassin's Trophy they're going further and further down that road. So the more times now that you're going to be able to strip basics out of your opponent's deck and then just have strip mines is like a thing to pay attention to. I don't know if it's a deck, but like,
0: yeah, I, I guess my, my issue there is it's the up to four issue. And most cards that make people search for basics are searching for anyone. Now, you know, against someone that's like playing scapeshift, that's kind of interesting because you can just get all of the mountains out of their deck so that they can't right. actually scapeshift you. Uh, but in general, I feel like people are playing somewhere between five and seven, and you getting the right basic to and, and trading
1: the basics out of their deck for them to draw four cards. Yeah, like four.
0: <laughs> yeah I, I feel like I would much rather like name uh, like Urza's Tower.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, my my point was not that that's the deck. I'm just or saying like ad Nauseam. How many decks? How many cards have you ever seen that allow you to name a basic land? Almost none ever. Sure. So it's I always say this, and I've said time and time again. When there's something that hasn't been done before or something unique, pay attention to it. Because it very often is the thing that we miss that turns a card into being a powerhouse later on. It happens all the time. Sure. New card types, anything.
0: All right, next card. Uh, Conclave Tribunal. This is a three and a white enchantment. Uh, you can Convoke it. It's uh, it's uh, Oblivion Ring, which lets you exile, uh, a non land permanent, and then until it leaves play, and then it comes back. Uh, this is, I think, playable. I think, like... Same reason I said earlier, just, like, Convoke spells are important to pay attention to because there's a cost reduction mechanic. So the fact that you can get a one-mana O-Ring in play, like, that, or a free O-Ring is, like, very good.
1: And the fact that it's uh, Convoke, the most important part of it is that you're able to pay the colored symbol with your colored creatures, um, as that is often cost reduction doesn't allow you to hit that last piece. So, like, sure. Delve, you have to pay the colored mana. Right. So, con- like, this being a thing that you can just, like... I'll tap out, make a bunch of creatures, then tap my creatures that have summoning sickness to do something with them. Sure, is like getting a free spell.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the thing that is most the the thing about Convoke that I think always ends up being like, oh, this is like really powerful is the fact that you can tap creatures that would have summoning sickness. It's not like they become land or elves, and you have to wait till they don't. They're no longer summoning sick. You can take advantage of these creatures that maybe would have blocked, and that's it.
1: Maybe this should go into my Electromancer Lingering Souls deck. So I could go I could go turn two Electromancer, turn three souls, flashback <laughs> souls, cast Conclave Tribunal for free. Oh, oh the value.
0: Uh, necrotic wound, one black instant uh, undergrowth target creature gets minus x minus x until end of turn, where x is the number of creature cards in your graveyard if that creature would die this turn, exile it instead. Um, the two key things of this is that it exiles and that it gives minus x minus x, so it kills like random things that are indestructible, for instance um, or generate
1: it doesn 't do anything unless you have creatures in your correct, yard, which is a shame yeah
0: i think it 's i think this could i think this will see more play in modern than isolate will
1: yeah and this will also see more play in modern than like fringe cards that have been really good and like you wonder if they would like when ulcerate got printed you're like oh that's pretty good but not quite right and like this this will be this will be uh really good in the decks that's good in and otherwise we'll never see any play
0: if there's a if we get to a point where we need black needs to be able to exile things for one mana and it's a deck that gets like john where it can get creatures into its graveyard pretty well i can see it happening uh Next is Drowned Secrets, blue one enchantment. Whenever you cast a blue spell, target player puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard. Uh, the, there's a few key things on this card. One is that it's blue spell. So it's, it's any blue card, including secondary and tertiary Drowned Secrets that you draw and play. So the fact that you can kind of chain them into each other, and then once you have two in play, every other mill card you have goes off, is both relevant on where I'm you know, generally paying attention to where I'm self-milling myself and where you're generally paying attention to where you're milling your opponents. (laughs) So Uh, why don't you talk about why this is good in milling your opponents? Well,
1: there's multiple ways to do it. I mean, so there's multiple things here that are interesting. Uh, You mentioned Blue Spell, which is really relevant for multiple copies of Drowned Secrets. Also for the fact that, like, now your Hedron Crab mills when you play Hedron Crab, if this is already in play. Um, Starting, like, a hand uh, with two of these in your opening hand is not the best thing but it does mean that you're turbocharged for the rest of the game
0: in, in modern it does mean that like you're gonna have to weirdly take turns off to get both of them in the play but w- if you're playing a deck that needs these as an engine in, in, in your deck into play having two of them is insane like I, I'm currently playing a Light Phoenix and we'll talk about Arc Light Phoenix later in the, in, in the, in the thing in standard and it's playing four of these and just like the power level I have when I have more than one of these in play is so much higher than having none
1: what's the name of, i'm just looking it up right now i'm trying to find it but uh is it yeah dream twist is the card that, that i thought of when i saw this where i was like oh that's kind of interesting that dream twist now if you have one of these in play becomes with mil one in five, play ten with three. one in play it becomes glimpse for three yeah with two in play it starts to get nuts right and the fact that you can put this in your own graveyard and like wait for it till late in the game when you have multiples right. of these is like and and because it costs one, it means that on turn three, if you play one of these, then you still have that in your hand to play it. Right. So then it's like mill seven. Well,
0: and it turns like glimpse into mill twelve. It turns uh, yeah. the the one mana one that mill seven into mill nine. Like it, it, it makes all of your mill cards, and it makes all your like ops and serum visions or other random blue things you're cards. playing into like really Chase's phantasms it turns
1: into, into, into mill four. draw. Right, like,
0: right. For one. So like I think there's a lot. In the mill decks that exist, I think this is theoretically playable. And then I think in self-mill decks, it has potential as well. Like, it has a, like, if decks were like, oh, man, I wish I had eight Hedron crabs, I think this is a card that takes advantage of that.
1: Yeah, I also have always been a big fan of, uh, in the mill deck, there's, like, specific cards that reference card types in your opponent's graveyards that, like, if you were to do, like like, for instance, like, in your sideboard, you would be stacked, like, okay, I'll have phantasms for some matchups where I'm going to need like a big fat blocker, or I'm going to have to close it out with without, sure? right? Or you'll have like, a, you could splash red and play slag fiend against affinity where you're like, okay, so now I'll get like a 12, 12 creature for one because right. like, I'm just milling my opponent.
0: Well, I think another place to pay attention to is—is is this is really good if you're on a delirium game plan. I, I like—I don't have encyclopedia knowledge of what cards have delirium, but I know that there is a lot of them that probably are fine in self mill strategies or even milling your opponent strategies. And the fact that getting this into your graveyard just turns on delirium that much quicker, or other cards that count how many creature types or card types are in your graveyard, is relevant as well. Uh, Midnight Reaper, two in a black zombie knight. Whenever a non non-creature, non-creature token You control dies. Midnight Reaper deals one damage to you when you draw a card. Uh, For Um,
1: those on on audio, it's whenever a non-token creature. You said non-creature token.
0: Oh, 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 oh. Which is impossible because they don't exist. That's (laughs) not true. Clue tokens. Oh, yeah, okay. Treasure tokens. tokens. Okay. There's a lot of those now. But they would never die. Uh, Landmine tokens. But they wouldn't die. They get destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) Don't argue this. You're wrong. (laughs) Uh, Midnight Reaper is two and a black zombie knight, three, two, and it does that thing. Uh, The key here is that it's a zombie and that with Gravecrawler, you can now... With two cards and a sack outlet, so three cards, loop it instead of before where it was, you had to have like this plus a grave crawler plus plus a thing that triggers off of die triggers. Like the, it kind of is condensing that package into something that's more and more playable. Maybe I still don't know if it's there yet.
1: Greater Gargadon, anyone? Maybe. Has Gargadon gone up? Because I feel like it gets talked it about did.
0: all the time. I think it did. Yeah. I don't know what it's at right now, but I think it did a little bit. Unless it got reprinted. Which it was it-
1: reprinted in Modern Masters 1.
0: Yeah, but I don't think it's been since then. Since then? That was like five years ago.
1: Yeah. I'll look it up. You keep talking. Uh, Your rounds are still less than $5. Pe- that's crazy. People that keep talking like about pickup. missions. What? That feels like a pickup. I can't believe that's only four sixty-five.
0: Yeah, you probably pick it up. At some point, it's going to be good, right? All right, next card. Get out here, Midnight Reaper. All right, so... Uh, this card, we kind of, in our pre-version of this, when we talked about it, we were kind of down on it, but like it actually just saw a ton of play this weekend in standard, um, we were like, maybe, so let's, maybe it plus the fact that it actually saw play, which, like, at that time, I would have maybe been, like, in this stand, will never see but play. In standard, uh, yeah, correct. Experimental Frenzy, three red enchantment. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may play the top card of your library. You may cast. You can't play cards from your hand. Uh, you can play four red to destroy Experimental Frenzy. It's an enchantment. Uh the fact that you can use this to try to chain off cards off the top of your deck is, like, relevant. And there's enough card manipulation in the game to, like, make it so you can maybe get rid of the lands once you get them on top of your deck. And the fact that if you get stuff stuck in your hand that you need, you can destroy it later at instant speed helps. Um, it's just, like, a very – it's pos- it's just a good red card draw spell. It's seeing play in the mono red decks. Um, and we talked about it last week in Storm where – You know, having this in play in a storm deck once your hand is gone, and you kinda want to discard your cards in your hand anyways, this allows you to kind of just cycle through cards on the top at a pretty decent rate.
1: Yeah, this card's fine. It's interesting. It's like a a little more expensive than I would like it to be for its costs, but I could see this being a standard card. I have a hard time imagining breaking through in modern, unless you could find some way to reduce the costs of things to like chain it like as part of some engine. Sure.
0: Yeah. That, uh, I think that's the point. Like, Well, in Storm, they do that. They, yeah, they yeah, play yeah. Electromancers. All right. Next. Ritual of Soot. Soot. Ritual of Soot. Yeah. I v- love suits. <laughs> uh, even when You, even you know, when Ben, we you're not deli- supposed to make fun of the way people say words because it just means that they learned it through reading, which makes them smarter than everyone else.
1: But can I make fun <laughs> of the way you say words? Yeah, fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ritual of Soot. Two black, black sorcery destroy all creatures with converted mana cost Three or less. Uh... Cool. So the thing with this card is right now we live in a world where the one of the best decks in the format is good at making it. So if you have a card that is consistently named the same thing, it is harder to cast it, named humans. And the fact that you can now play like two damnations and one this is good against humans. And the last half of that fact is you can play this and keep your Tasker in play or keep your Gurmag Anglers in play. The fact that this is a pretty good one-sided board wipe if you're playing either of those cards is relevant.
1: Yeah, I mean CMC in Modern is traditionally very low, so right. like this this is super relevant in that way. Um, it's like you said, it's a fringe card that'll see probably play as part of like the equivalent of like a gifts package, but like it won't be searched for by gifts, but like the cards with different names idea. Yeah. That's well, like I the mean, most likely meddling
0: mage is a, a tier one card in Modern, and yep. this is good against meddling mage because it is not damnation. <laughs> Definitely. Someone really likes the video content. We're going to keep up the good work. Thanks. Thank you, Benjamin. Oh, are you just complimenting us?
1: I'm, that's me in the chat.
0: Okay. He has a yeah. different last name than yeah. you. <laughs> uh, cool. All right. Before we get into the next card, I do want to do a few more shout-outs. This is the mid, mid-cycle commercial. Uh, the first one is make sure to check out our sister podcast, The Command Zone. Uh, Josh is doing awesome content there every week. Uh, plus, they do game nights, uh, which is also fantastic. Craig was on the last one, a uh, friend of the cast. Um, he... They were doing some Guilds of Ravnica, Commander, um, and definitely was a great video. Uh, and lastly, Josh is actually in a... They're, like, drafting uh, modern sets and then playing modern out of them. It's the most modern content Josh has ever done. So we, we've been, you know, discussing key strats on how he should be drafting sets. So definitely check that out. So far, he's got M11 uh, and some other good stuff. So definitely keep an eye on that. And then... Uh, make sure to, once again, subscribe on YouTube. I'm going to keep bringing it up because we're live streaming. All the people watching right now, subscribe, comment, shout it out. Love you guys. Thanks yeah. for watching.
1: Yeah, that's funny. I, I'm on the text thread for the Josh's Modern discussion uh, with you, uh-huh. and I'm, it's supposed to be with me also, but I have added nothing because I missed initially when he described what the concept was. And I like, didn't watch the video. I was like, I'll get to this. And then by the time that I was there – you had already like conversed so much that I was like, oh, I'll never match up. Well,
0: with he, this. he he like has M eleven, so he has all the check lands, and he has like titans, but he has Manalik and lightning bolt, which like M eleven is an insane set. Yeah. I like went, he has all the ley lines. Like what's in M eleven is bonkers. Even like the, chalice, by the, way, that tournament. But the tournament, it's called the chalice. So look up the uh, chalice. Card kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Ashlyn Rose is on it. Like, there's a bunch of a bunch of big streamers on it. And then they're drafting sets and then they'll actually draft the set, but then it's they're drafting it like fantasy football. So then they make a block constructed debt out of a block they make out of a first, second and third set. So he he start with Innistrad, and an of 11, so he's got like Liliana, Snapcaster Mage, he has Snapbolt. I mean, like that's the thing he can do. And
1: he has Delver. He, he has, has Delver, Delver yeah, Snapbolt. What we're building bolt. off of Delver? Delver Snapbolt leak? Like oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would love uh, to play that deck.
0: And then he's got and he's got now cuz I think he got Pack. But he
1: doesn't have any good cantrips, right?
0: Uh, no, he's got uh, Serum Visions. Uh, because no, 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 no. He has, he has Preordain. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> the ban list doesn't count. He has preordained. Oh. The ban list doesn't count. No. That's why, I like, Worldwake is a set that you want to pick, because you get Jace and Stoneforge Mystic.
1: Pretty good. Pretty good.
0: Uh, um, so, yeah, next card, Guild Summit. The yeah. guild summoners battlefield, you draw cards because you tap gates. The point of this card is I wanted to talk about gates. Uh, it's uh, when it enters play, you may tap any untapped gates, and you draw a card for each gate you tap, and then whenever a gate after that enters play, you draw a card. And I it just It costs think,
1: one blue to colorless, and it's an enchantment.
0: By the end of this block, we're going to have a lot of gate tribal cards consistently throughout, and I think that we are getting closer and closer to the point where we're looking at Maze's End as a weird win condition that exists in the format. Now, I, I I don't know if it's going to be better than Tron. I don't know if it's going to be better than Amulet Bloom. But, like, it... There are a lot of pieces, and there, at any moment they could print a card that just makes like like search for three gates out of your deck and put them into play. It could be a card that they print that then just gets mazes End closer and closer. There's so. a
1: lot of destroy lands cards that they keep printing, so it makes me concerned. That well, maybe gates... of
0: loam you have, there are also like a lot of anti destroy land cards being printed that are better in gate decks than they are necessarily in like a Tron deck, for instance. There's the creature that can let you put lands from your graveyard in play like normal, or there's loam, yeah. or there's crucible worlds. A lot I of don't know that guy's name is. Um, but... Uh, R- Ramanabak's Ramanab Ramanab Yeah. it. Uh, they should just
1: reprint Teferi's response. Do you remember it. that card? It's from... No. Uh, it's one of the weirdest, most busted old cards. It's from uh, Invasion, I'm pretty certain. It's Invasion or Plane Shift. So it's one blue, one colorless instant. And it's uh, a <laughs> counter-target spell that targets a land you control. If that spell would destroy that land, draw two cards. Okay. So it's like two mana counter your counter your uh, assassin's trophy draw two. Okay. It's I like so unbalanced and stupid, but like if it was, I would totally play the crap out of that card.
0: I don't know if I would play that <laughs> card. <laughs> uh, creepy chill. Black and a three, Sorcery. Creeping Chill deals three damage to each opponent and you gain three life. When Creeping Chill is put in your graveyard from your library, you may exile it. If you do, Creeping Chill deals three damage to each opponent and you gain three life. So,
1: If I'm wrong, I'm already seeing this in decks, right? No, no,
0: it's already seeing play in Dredge. It's already a four of in Dredge decks this last weekend. Uh, I'm playing it in my arc arc-like Phoenix Standard deck that's really dope. Like, I think people really soften this card at first. If you get to just cast two of these, you've now put your opponent on the back foot immediately. Well, also... And, like, you get them for free. It's a free spell. Like, anytime th- spells are free, they're good.
1: There's also a couple other reasons that I think this is so significant. So, like, the Dredge deck, a lot of what the Dredge deck is trying to do is connect a certain number of times with the prized amalgams, right? right? Like, you're just basically trying to get those things in play and set up a turn where your opponent doesn't have the defenses up or they didn't get there and you just close it out with three threes. Right. So, if you mill two of these, it's like getting two free hits and against some decks... The life gain is like getting in four free hits. Right. So it's like.
0: Well, it helps you. It helps you stabilize in decks that are like spending the first three turns milling themselves, so they're not actually doing anything. It it gets you like damage in, and in modern, it's even more relevant, where like you go from because really everyone starting life in modern is eighteen, so like it gets them down to twelve, which is just like one hit with Prize of in, like or and so like it's just very efficient at kind of stabilizing and getting you there kind of does a little bit of everything you want and the fact that you like just do it accidentally like it costs you nothing to have this in your deck other than deck slots is really 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 relevant. It's a little bit of a bummer that when you draw this card early like uh, but you're I've, gonna discard I like, it
1: to like insult and ENA. You're gonna you'll, you'll, you'll like discard it to things like that. You
0: can also cast it. It's still just like it's still four mana. Like if you're casting it, you're winning by casting it. Like obvi- or you're getting close enough that it'll win you the game. But it's not like a dead dead card in your hand, right? Um, like I would say casting this. Well, I think it's comparable to casting uh, uh Amoebas, and I've casted many a yeah. from for my hand.
1: I think also this card will have more of a home later on uh, as people figure out how to use it in with like cards like Mind Sculptor where you right. can put it back on top and then mill it on purpose.
0: Well I, I also think like the Arc Lake Phoenix decks are going to be a thing. Like that's that's something that we'll, we'll talk about Arc Light Phoenix and it's like slowly begun happening. Uh, one of the really? things yeah, uh,
1: so we made like a good buy by picking those up.
0: Yeah, I'm happy about it. <laughs> uh, and this card's good in those decks because they're much more spell heavy. You want to have different spells in your deck. It's it, like having a, a like a large amount of creatures isn't as relevant than it is say in dredge. So this card's even better there. So I, I do think this is like a totally just a modern staple card moving forward. So this
1: is creeping chill is one of the probably it premier, It's probably one of the premier cards from the set.
0: Maybe yeah, I would pick up foils of this top three, like, top five because I think it'll be seeing play in eternal formats more than even standard and i'm currently playing it in my standard deck and it's bonkers like because the way that deck works is you're milling yourself with the enchantment and all the cards that you're playing that mill yourself all the surveil cards and then you'll just get these into your graveyard you stabilize because the point like that deck doesn't really go off until turn five but by like getting yourself six life putting them at at 14 then and then like attacking with your one one narco in the interim you eventually get in arc like phoenixes that just like swing for 12 and win you the game yep um all right, next premier card from this set. This, okay, so last week I brought this, when we talked about the first time I brought this up and you were poo-pooing on it, and I'm actually now more convinced it could be this. Uh, Runaway Steamkin, red in a one, creature elemental, one, one. Whenever you cast a red spell, if Runaway Steamkin has fewer than three plus one plus one counters on it, put a plus one plus one counter on Runaway Steamkin. <laughs> Remove three plus one plus one counters. from Runaway Steamkin, add three red mana. Uh this card has shown itself to be very good. Like it in standard it is now one of the best cards in the format. In modern, it has already started showing up in different decks that are all like pretty powerful and like are seeing play. They're they're kind of a little bit of what we were trying to do back in the day with the goblin uh, fecundity decks, where you're like kind of right. like half storm, half aggro, and it's seeing a lot of play in those decks. Uh, I think this has even larger applications. This to me feels like it could end up being close to being with young Pyromancer in contention for the two-drop, right two-drop, two and it's a rare, which yeah, is what matters. I mean,
1: that's the only reason that like it would really—that's the only reason that that young Pyromancer is not just clearly the
0: two-drop. But, but so like every other of the two drops dominated Standard, except for Young Pyromancer. He was like a fine card in Standard. It was never a powerhouse. This so far has is one of the best cards in standard so that 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 to me leads me to believe that and it is seeing play in modern like that's the other piece it's already deck lists are being posted about it
1: uh thanks tim foley really nice stuff he yeah. just said something in the chat
0: no, i'm reading it. it's awesome i really enjoy you guys content and i'm looking forward to more streams do you plan on streaming around the time each week is it just a random times uh our plan is to stream tuesday mornings Yep. Uh, that may eventually change. We are discussing maybe moving it to an evening time slot, but for the moment, moving forward Tuesday Tuesdays, mornings, unless you hear something different.
1: That's when you 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time is the that's the current schedule.
0: Correct. Uh Where'd that window go? I lost it. Okay. Anything on Steamkin? I
1: think this card's really sweet. I mean, there it's it's reminiscent of that card, Ashling the Pilgrim, but obviously a lot more powerful. It does a lot more. Um, there's, there's an elemental tribal thing going on that, like, I've been paying attention to for a long time, because it's one of the most consistently revisited creature types. Sure. Uh, It's not, like, something where I, I right now, I'm like, I have a shell for an elemental deck, because historically, so many of the good elementals are so expensive. Right. They're really hard to cast. But you have a five-color elemental land to go along with all of the other five-color lands that make humans possible, so now, you go even deeper, and... Things like like I, every time they print a good elemental, I'm always just like, is there a chance that eventually this is going to be a thing where somebody busts out with the deck and
0: five color elementals? in I mean, like even Gar- Gary T. Jerry T. Yes. Jerry T it's never going to go well for me is like he's po- like i've seen him and other people post multiple lists where he's playing gutshot, Manamorphose, collective brutality, uh, lightning bolt flame jab, uh bedlam reveler, arclight like this is a arclight phoenix um, runaway steamkin deck that like is seeing like like there's a bunch of people talking about this card in modern in different decks cuz i've also seen just like mono red storm, esque kind of shells where you're just using it to chain off more aggressive threats i've seen them in this kind of deck like i think there's a lot of play here that's super exciting cool. Um, I'm gonna let you talk about this, but I'll read the card. Electric static field, one in a red wall defender. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spells, it does one damage to each opponent. It's a zero four. Yeah, this
1: card it, it gets added to the redundancy that we currently have right now, which is uh, thermal alchemist and this card and firebrand archer and cards that you know gutter snipe. These cards that trigger off of when you cast spells and they do direct damage, as opposed to like uh, kiln fiend, which like or, or Dragonauts or something like that, where you need to be casting spells and then attacking. Um, what's interesting about cards like this is because it's a passive threat, you can put it on the battlefield. And if you create an engine, which is like I've tried before with the Flame Jab le- Life from Loam deck to create a repeatable engine where you can just be like incidentally dealing damage, it's fine. I like tested the list in my phone a bunch and I'm not as stoked on it as I was. Okay. Um, but I took out black from that list and squished it with blue. Mm-hmm. And now I have a list that's playing like Thought Scours and Cantrips.
0: Which I was thinking about this you should play Mission Briefing in that deck. In that deck. It's yeah. like really good in that deck. Because, like, specifically with this type of stuff where you can missions briefing into missions briefing into, like, Loam or into, like, the redundant secondary, not gut shot, but the one-drop red retrace card. Um, flame Jab. Flame Jab. That, like, if you have two in your graveyard, you don't need two. You can mission brief away the, sec- the second one. Like, there's different cool stuff you can do with it.
1: I, I was playing this, yeah, and I, I put a uh, Arclight Phoenix in the deck. It, it's interesting. I, I think that the what's relevant about this card—oh, oh, actually, this is kind of a fun thing, and I'll talk about it when Arclight Phoenix com- yep. comes into play, but— uh, messing around with Pongify uh, or Rapid Hybridization as a removal spell in modern and having a 0 4 to block a creature you give them. So you've got a trigger off of it. You can also blow up your own Architect sure. Phoenix. Uh, which again, then you get a 3 3 out of it, and then you just get Phoenix back. Yeah, because um,
0: you do it in the beginning of the turn. Something that is cool about Arc Light Phoenix that's different than, say, Dredgevine or Vengevine, which I really love about Arc Light Phoenix, is that yeah. Vengevine, as soon as you play that second creature spell, all of them come into play, and it doesn't like you, if, like, say the second creature you play mills you, that won't count. That, that new Vengevine won't count based off that trigger. With Arclight Phoenix, it's just, if you have cast three instance or sorcery spells at the beginning of combat, any that you got in your graveyard during that turn, even if they were there before the turn, even if like you cast two spells and then the third spell milled one into your deck, they all come in. So like the fact that there's a delayed trigger on them allows you to like really kind of maximize how many you get into yeah, play.
1: Yeah, like if you're playing Ponjify as a removal spell, but like they're not playing a creature deck, you blow up your own Arc Phoenix, play two more spells, then it comes back and attacks that same yeah. turn. Yeah, the fact
0: that it has haste is also means that like you can sack them and bring them back, sack them. Like there's a lot of versatility with that with that specific timing. Agreed. Um,
1: so next up, we because we're not talking about Phoenix yet.
0: No, no, no. We're talking about Goblin Crater Maker. One in a red, goblin warrior, one sacrifice goblin crater maker. Choose one. Goblin Crater Maker deals two damage to target creature or destroy target colorless non-land permanent. It is a two-two. Uh, this card's really good. I like have been more and more impressed with it. It is like very comparable to the green white exalted uh, Pride line, Mage. Pride yeah, Kozali Pride, Pride Mage. In like, it kills artifacts. I mean, like there'll be a colored artifact that you can't kill, which is always going to be disappointing. But in trading for that, you get to kill anything that is two or less mana or two or less toughness. Blowing up, blowing up a
1: Reality Smasher with this is good.
0: Yeah, it's really blowing good. up a Karn with this is really good. Yeah. Blowing, up is really good. Yeah. blowing up a like, like the amount of threats out of Tron that this kills, and then also just like kills every X two in the format.
1: This, makes, this card gets me excited to go back to playing uh, Superior Burning Coco, because uh, this yeah. card feels like a really good fit.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, right? like, chain three Burning Tree Emissaries into this, and you're just like, oh, I have six power, and I'm going to kill anything that blocks it.
1: With the Fauna Shaman version of the deck, where you were, you were like, yeah. toolboxing and searching, like, going up against, like, a Eldrazi Tron type of deck, this is, like, great. Right. You're like, all I, right, I'll just, like, end of I mean, turn, like, and then I'll vile it in and blow up your... Claim flame,
0: like, claiming him into play, like, you kill yeah. a thing, claim it, or if you need to, like, kill a 4 like... Do two damage, claim, do another two damage for like three mana. You kill a 4-4 is like fine. Yeah, like powerful. there's a lot of really cool, versatile things that this does. And it's a 2-2, two two, two. it's a 2-2. Two two. It's not a 2-1, which is just like weirdly good. <laughs> I agree. I'm like very happy with this card, and I think it'll see a lot of play in magic, be it standard or modern. Uh, next is Nullhide Ferox, uh, two green-green beast hexproof. You can't cast non-creature spells. Uh, you may pay two to lose all abilities, um, and any player may activate that ability. If a spell or ability in opponent controls causes you to discard it, you may put it into play instead of putting it into your graveyard. Um, this
1: card is a smorgasbord of weird abilities. It's like hard to really place. It's sort of similar to Obstinate Baloth in some I ways. I think it's
0: worse than Obstinate uh, we like. I've been talking about it, and I've been thinking about it. The fact that you gain life off of Obstinate, is more relevant, I think, than randomly having Hexproof. I think, th- and the fact that this like can be undone, yes, it makes things cost three to kill it, but you could just pay three mana to kill it.
1: this thing is $9 right now?
0: Yeah. People like it? What's a Mythic? That's actually pretty low for a Mythic card that people think are going to be the new hotness. People right?
1: are still on this card? I think so. Oh, in I thought. Standard. In standard, okay, yeah. got
0: it. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, standard is just insane. It's a four mana 6-6 that has Hexproof.
1: Like right <laughs> you have to spend you have to spend like mana and a spell to get rid of it
0: right and they don't like they don't have like path so it's like four mana to kill it or five mana to kill it right which is much a much better rate than in modern fair uh boop. all right gruesome menagerie uh black three so three colorless black black uh sorcery choose a creature card with very mana cost one in your graveyard then do the same for a creature card with very mana cost two and three return three cards those cards to the battlefield uh this just reanimates the Kitchen Finks combo in its entirety for five mana. It's
1: like a fun one of in your deck, probably. Yeah. Uh, if you wanted to in that deck, but the problem with that is, as great as that is, you have to be able to like get a five mana spell through a counterspell in a situation where you've probably already had all of those cards at some point in play, and they've like like it, and one of them didn't get path. Like, there's a lot well, of I hoops think- you got to jump through for this not to just be something like. Might close a point. The 4-6 exploits the DC, which I'd, like, rather
0: have than this card. Okay. Hear me out. You can loop it with Eternal Witness. That's true. Mr. Eternal Command over here. That's a lot of value. <laughs> you, get, you get Witness in the uh, play and you get it back? Yeah. Well, I think, I think the other feature of it that makes me kind of interested is A, I think it's a sideboard card against Junt if you're playing a Counter's Company deck. Like, you bring it in against decks that are, like, going to be removing your creature spells. Two, Thoughts, you can tutor you. for it with uh, the new Undergrowth Tutor. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit. So, on like, if the if previous that, version of this, <laughs> if if the kitchen finks type because that finds all three pieces you need or two of the three pieces you need for the kitchen for the combo with if you are including the the damage one, but if you're playing kitchen finks and red cap, this that'll find red cap, but this could also find this that then gets everything back. I think there's something. I think there's something. I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll ever be a thing. I think people will try.
1: Yeah, like one of these. But that's what I was saying though. Like, interestingly enough, like the CDC 4-6 that you exploit and Demonic Tutor with is like doesn't get you three creatures into play but like it still feels more powerful to me and sure. like will and doesn't see play uh
0: next is Chamber Sentry X Construct 0, zero. it's an artifact creature uh when it enters the battlefield, it gets a plus one, plus one for each color you spent to cast it. So it ha- basically has domain. Uh, you may pay X to remove X plus one, plus one counters, and it deals X damage to any target. And then for five mana, one of each color, you may return it from your graveyard to your hand. Um,
1: Hear me out. Hear me out.
0: You can tutor for this with Delaria West.
1: No, yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> Is that In, it? <laughs> in, in the uh, Grand Architect Pili deck where you are probably playing a copy of Lightning Greaves, because Greaves allows you to cast your Architect, then cast the Greaves, then suit up the Architect, so he has Hexian. Sure. He's protected. Uh, This allows you to basically run this card out early, block with it, have it in your yard, whatever, do whatever you want with it, discard it to like a Thirst for Knowledge, and then the turn that you go off with your, uh, what's it called? Uh Your Peely Grand Architect, uh, because it creates colored mana, this becomes your win condition from your graveyard. You don't need it in your hand anymore. And it has okay, haste from your graveyard. And it has haste because you are playing Lightning Greaves already. So you put it into play with <laughs> <Are> five, <you? laughs> give it haste, do five, say, the whole thing. Okay,
0: that'll never happen I'm ever. In a game. Uh, the fact <laughs> that it comes in and you know there are a bunch of things that deal with counters. So like ignoring all of the other text, but the fact that like plus one plus one counter decks would maybe take advantage of this, and then you can also put counters on it to like. If you're unable to get through, and you have a Ravager, you can take the plus one, plus one counters on Ravager to put it on this that just dome them from a distance. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fireball because you have to pay X to do it, but it's, it's not irrelevant. Yeah, cool. Uh, Beast Whisperer, two green, green Elf Druid. When you cast a non-creature spell, draw a card. It's a two-three. Uh, it's an Elf that lets you like that. When you cast it's a creature a glimpse, spell, you draw it's, a card. It's
1: a glimpse of nature creature. Yeah. It's like I mean, this is a thing that elf decks have always wanted. They don't have it because you can you can
0: put in the play off of uh uh convoke spell too. What what's it? Off of a court of calling. Yeah, you can court a c- cord for it, which is really good. I think I, you play one of this and then you court for it in the late game and you win one off. Yeah,
1: of it. it's really good. I mean, it's interesting because Beck was a card that when it got printed, people were like, will Beck be a thing in the health decks? Will people just like, pay one more mana than Glimpse? And the answer was no.
0: It well, but, never... but it wasn't the one more mana, it was a blue mana and it's a spell in a deck that really like. Like I think the fact that this is a elf creature, a creature yeah. is like relevant because like worst case scenario you cast it but like you have lords in play and now you have like a three four that you can attack with like or yeah. blocks for, as a two three. So, I agree. I agree. I think, I think it's like
1: significantly more relevant.
0: I think it'll uh, it'll be it'll see play as a one of in elf decks at at different times. I don't think it'll ever be like a four of. Maybe a two of.
1: Somebody might go off on camera with this once and then the understanding for a while will be it's like a two or a three of. Yeah. But I think the good players wind up with this card as so a one of yeah,
0: maybe I mean. two. I can see two being the right space for it. It's also really good in EDH.
1: Thank you to the chat.
0: <laughs> uh, Boop. Um, All right. This is the last card we're talking about today. We've saved it for last. We've also talked about it a lot. It is the card I am most hyped on. Uh, Arclight Phoenix. Surprising no one. One
1: red, three colorless, three, two, Flying Haste Phoenix at the beginning of combat on your turn. If you've cast three or more instant and sorcery spells, return Arclight Phoenix from your graveyard to the battlefield. There's a lot of really cool stuff with this card. You know who really
0: loves this card? Bedlam Reveler. Yeah, they're really good together. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've, I've, I'm really hyped on this. I think that this card is like a sleeper for modern. I think that there are a lot of decks that really can take advantage of this in different ways. Now that I've actually gotten my hands and played with it. I'm even more hyped on it. Uh, you know, getting to cast three instances of sorceries in a deck is a lot easier than casting two creature spells in a deck that's trying to mill itself or put cards in your graveyard. Modern has so many more good one-drop Instance and sorceries that like will benefit off of this. It
1: plays so well alongside like the card, like all the staples. Like like Faithless Looting and this card are best friends. Like, like
0: Faithless it- Looting. Like this, a deck with four Faithless Looting, four Thought Scour, Serum Visions, Bedlam Reveler, a uh, Young Pyromancer, and uh, that's it. All right, Morphos is like.
1: I think that that deck is built on uh, my phone right now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <mine's laughs> maybe you play like a Lingering Souls,
0: and you're playing you're playing Mardu. Maybe you play. Mine's playing. Like, mine's
1: playing Loam and Flame Jab. Right. And instead of Pyromancer, I'm playing that zero four the Electrostatic Field like or, or right. pillar field. I cut all the others. That's the only one that I left in.
0: I like can't think of a color combination with red that I don't like playing this card in. Yeah.
1: And as I mentioned, <laughs> I mentioned it earlier, but Ark the, the and or Rapid Hybridization plan...
0: Right. Is fine. Is like is a thing that's like not irrelevant. I think the fact like well, and the also reason... just getting getting free three three flyers with haste before combat just for like while you're doing control things on the side is really good.
1: Yeah, super
0: good. <laughs> yeah, the
1: fact I mean you you could just play four of these in like a pretty like spell heavy control deck like without much with else
0: with and Gurmag Anglers I like mean, you
1: could literally just play four Bedlam Reveler and four of this with just all control cards yeah and you don't even really need like
0: as long as you're playing like you'll be playing cantrips because that's what these decks play like i think you want to play stuff like um the blue blue card the not snapcaster mage mission briefing mission briefing, like I think mission briefing is relevant with this card. Uh, I think like in standard, there's a bunch of, like with surveil cards, this card is really good, but then, um, I just I don't know, I think it's like I'm very hyped on it in general. Uh, I
1: mean, Thoughtscour with this card's crazy because, like, right. you play it and you get it in your yard and it already counts as a spell.
0: And like, then this is just us, like, talking about, like, it adjacently being good. Like, you can even turbo it and start playing more hardcore, like, self-mill decks where you're playing that blue enchantment or you're playing hedge and Crab or you're playing stuff that, like... And, like, part of the thing... As a person who's trying to get Vengevine work a long time, to get Vengevine to work, you have to play with a bunch of bad one-drop creatures because the only way that card works is if you can play two creatures in a turn. And like most of the best self-mill cards are spells. The fact that this is more relevant with those spells is really exciting. The fact that this plus Bedlam Over plus Lingering Souls is an insane card combo, regardless of whatever else you're doing, is like relevant. I'm I I've been impressed by it so far in testing, and I've been impressed by be it both. And, buy and twelve views. copies of it. Yeah, I did buy twelve copies yeah. of it.
1: The MMcast collectively owns 24 <laughs> Arc Light Phoenixes.
0: Yeah. It's sick. Yeah. Yeah. This is the new spell skate. Not not really. We just gotta do some stuff first. This this might be my new m mm, uh, yeah. I mean benchline's a card and it's now in a deck, a real deck, and that's yeah. really exciting. But like the cards that you have to play are classically bad right. around it. This gets to be played with good cards. And I would say a 3-2 flyer is better than a four-three. Most of the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, and it has, and it has, yeah, it yeah. has evasive well,
0: haste. Right, and we've talked, like, the worst case scenario of this card is you play it, like, they play Jace, they zero and brainstorm because they don't think you have anything, and then you cast this and it kills Jace. Yep.
1: Um, so, that is the last card that we are reviewing today. Uh, I think it's a pretty sweet set. I'm a fan. Uh, quickly, before we wrap up here, because we talked about so, we were going to do this. Well,
0: uh, two things. One, what's your favorite card in the set? Uh, you were unprepared for it. A night of autumn.
1: I'm pretty sure okay. that card's so sweet. It's right. So like, I do really like the Phoenix. I like Assassin's Trophy. There's some cards I like a lot, but like, that card's just like mine.
0: Like, first off, I would say that this set for Modern, I feel like there's just a large variety of cards that I'm excited about in many different ways. Like everything, like the fact that the Goblin that destroys colorless creatures is just a random card in this set that's probably going to see play, and that's like middle tier <laughs> uh i think arc phoenix is my favorite card it's i think really like, like like I, I was like high on it last week and then i got to play with it a lot this last weekend on like arena and other places even in standard and i'm in love with the card
1: there's even cards like that we didn't mention that are like just like fun variations on limited mechanics yeah like uh what's the what demote is that what it's called the one white aura for, it's an, like an uncommon and the their creature can't block and loses all yeah, yeah, yeah. abilities the cards really good yeah Cards like I was like thinking about playing that card and I was like, is that like a reasonable card for Highlander? Like can I put that in like an aggro deck?
0: Yeah, it, like it does a lot. It does a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about the set. Uh, yeah. so top t- ranking the mechanics. I think I think um, what's the it called? The Jumpstart. Jumpstart is my favorite design, but I think it is the worst.
1: I agree completely. I think it's the the weakest.
0: Though I think it might be deceiving because, like, even the, like, two-mana jumpstart draw card card is, like, very versatile. Yeah. Like, I've always talked about how cards that let you discard a card – as a, a purposeful mechanic where yeah. you do things that are powerful. Totally. Uh, as long as you know that that's a thing you can do. And so now having just that in, like, decks like Goryeo's Vengeance, I guess we didn't talk about that card. I think that card, I'm a little higher on it than I think I was when it first came out. Because, like, in Goryeo's Vengeance, it's an early game, you draw a card, and then later in the game, you can use it to discard important cards. Right. For, like, a really low cost. Um, it's
1: two mana sorcery or two mana instant?
0: Two mana instant. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, if it was a sorcery, I'd be less hyped on it, but an instant speed one is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, like... I'm a little higher in jump stuff than I want, So, but let, do you want to top or bottom? What is risk factor? Oh, oh, the three. Oh, you're right. It's <laughs> I'm so annoyed that card. Uh, you were high on it. Did we talk about? We talked about it last week. What card? Risk, risk factor? factor. It's the Punisher card. Oh yeah, I love that card. I like <laughs> talked a lot of crap about it, and apparently now it's actually seeing play. It's really good. It's a it's a lot like a lot of abilities. The fact that it like its benefit is that you do it to them twice. Yeah. So like. Th- Either you get both sides because they because two like getting two of one of the sides is good regardless. Yeah. So at worst you're getting one of each side and then it's fine. Oh, oh,
1: you don't have to explain to me. I'm explaining
0: to the audience. I explain to you. I I (laughs) that was my that was my miss.
1: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> You're so annoyed. <laughs>
0: I hope that card never sees play again. I hope people are like, oh no, this is just bad. <laughs> if that becomes a format-defining card in any format, I'm going to be really unhappy with yeah. my, myself. Yeah.
1: Uh, anyway. All right, so, so Jumpstart has those two I cards. I think I agree with you, and I think it's the, I think it's the coolest but the weakest.
0: Uh, so with that being said, I think Undergrowth is worse. I Other, think yeah. I think if if I were to bet money on the five mechanics, I think Undergrowth will see the least amount of play. Well, it's just the
1: simplest and requires yeah. you to do the most traditional thing. I think Mentor's kind of weak, too. It's good for limited, but it's like... Sure. It's like a lot of the cards, like the Goblin, <laughs> that you can plus two, plus oh something to trigger it. It's like... Okay, but like I don't really care that yeah, much. For,
0: for for modern, like uh, it's interesting how last. So last week we ranked them when we did, lost the recording. It was number one was Convoke, it's I just think, the most powerful, yeah. and the number two Surveil. was Surveil, and the number three was uh,
1: Undergrowth, probably.
0: Undergrowth and then Mentor and Jumpstart were kind of tied in the bottom. I think I've like moved Jumpstart up to number three, and Undergrowth and and uh, mentor. mentor are kind of on the bottom. I do think that Mentor is going to have more cards see play with it than... Because than, the cards that have it, it's kind of like Exalted, where it's a random card that if this card is good, the fact that it has Mentor just kind of jumpstarts it to the next level, not necessarily that Mentor is the reason it's good.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that's a pretty fair ranking. I think like it's jumpstart. I, you've played a bit more. You've been playing a lot of arena. I yeah. know. Um, I haven't gotten to play with it other than the pre-release yet. Sure. So it, the power of the cards that they've printed, it just for me, it's just like not quite where I want it to be. It's like even paying two mana instant speed to discard something relevant is like you're still spending two mana for that ability. So like it's still a lot, it's still a lot sure. to just ju- to just draw a card. Like you have to then have mana to the next thing. So yeah, I would say maybe third, probably third or fourth for me. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's those are my... And then, yeah, I
0: think it's Convoke and Surveil. Uh, like, I think Surveil is the best new mechanic, and then Convoke is just one of the best mechanics probably ever printed in history.
1: <laughs> Cost reducer, who would have thought? <laughs> um,
0: so, that it's, is... It's like a fair one. It's one they are willing to bring back. It's not like... Yeah. It's not like Delver... Yeah, that uh, was nuts. Frexia Mana, <laughs> which we'll never see again.
1: So that's going to wrap up our set review, uh, part two here on the Masters of Modern. Thank you guys so much for listening, watching, being a part of this. Uh, like, subscribe, all the things to the YouTube. It's uh, the most important thing. Yep. Um, we do have a Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/MMCast, and there's pretty soon going to start being some exclusive stuff behind that paywall. Yeah. Um, like I'm, so I've been talking about it now for a few weeks, uh, streaming on Moto, and unfortunately, this game called Clash Royale. Has destroyed me and I like play it a lot. And so I have been like lagging on getting going with this. But what I'm gonna probably do is place my first couple streams behind the Patreon so that I can't embarrass myself too publicly. And then once I have a couple of, you know, like dailies that I streamed and my mechanics are a little better, I'll start being a little more public. So. Okay. Patreon.com slash the MMcast, it's how we're going to continue doing stuff and expanding yep. and, and, and getting to the next level. It's very Perfect.
0: helpful. Thanks everyone for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We have a big Facebook group that that's where the modern conversation is happening. If you have a cool deck list idea, we really encourage off the ball while, off the wall. Uh, ideas, Um, and definitely subscribe on YouTube. It's now the best place to follow us. Uh, We are still on iTunes. We are still at Collected.Company, so make sure to check those stuff out uh, there as well. But the best place to kind of watch is on YouTube, so make sure to subscribe. If you're watching right now on the live stream, make sure to subscribe, and uh, make sure to leave a comment. So if, say, what we I think the comment question for this week is going to be... What's your favorite card in the set? Yeah, what what card are you most, most excited? Yeah,
1: what's the best card in the set? What are you, what are you most hyped about? Um, also, I mentioned it at the end of last week's episode on the plug for part two, but we're going to do some brews next week. So next week we're going to be talking about brews with the cards from the set yep. and actually building decks and talking about them a little bit more completely. So stay tuned for that. Um, and and thanks
0: so much. Yeah, thanks, guys. Talk to you guys next week. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the themmcast at rocketjump.com.
1: See you later. Alligator.